well, we're here on the forecourt about 45 minutes before what should be the official kickoff. Whether or not that turns out to be the case or not remains to be seen. Uh, I'm just going to call you Jay because we're not sure if that's Jade or Red or what that stands for quite. But um, success, fail, somewhere in between. What do you think of the turnout this afternoon and the impact, Jay? Tremendous. I think um, we've shown today that you know uh, football fans won't be messed about and we put the kickoff back uh, or possibly abandon the game and you know they've got to listen to the fans and this has been a really peaceful but energetic protest uh, and I think you know it's around the world now isn't it as soon as you delay the kickoff one minute uh, the, the international news pick up on it and all we're trying to do is raise awareness about the, uh, the brutal ownership of this club. You and I were here in person in both 2004 the October and in 2005 in May would you say this is, in terms of its impact, equally successful or perhaps even greater? Uh, even greater. I think, uh, you know, in, in um, we, we made the Glazers, when they made the first visit to Old Trafford in 2005, we made it very clear that they weren't welcome. Um, but they've still been able to do what they've done. And, you know, they've took billions out of the club in the last 15 years. And uh, today, though, the numbers are greater. Um, and, as I said, we've delayed the kickoff. So that's, that's fantastic. If we achieve nothing else today, happy days. Uh, thank you for talking to UWS. It's a plaque rather than... Um... If you don't see it here, it's not the plaque on your seat. Well, you've just in interrupted <laughs> and it, it been intercepting a uh, conversation here on the forecourt at the demonstration against the Glazers about the spelling of plaque. We're not sure if that's attached to the side of the stadium or if it's something on this gentleman's teeth. Uh, again, I think incognito is best for you, a prominent face amongst United's home and away support. Uh, impact this afternoon, success? Well, yeah, because I think that hopefully it showed the world what the word United means, hasn't it? And that's what we needed. The atmosphere is overwhelmingly positive. What we have to do now as supporters is ensure that it doesn't stop. The sign on the training ground said, we decide when you play. And I wasn't among that number. But today they've shown us literally true. It's at least delayed at this point. Hopefully by the time this goes out, you know, it'll be well postponed, cancelled and there'll be consequences. But we have to make sure that we carry on and don't make this a one-off spectacle. We decide when you talk to the United We Stand podcast, uh, but joking aside, that sign also was evident outside the Lowry this afternoon. Uh, truly, this is stronger, deeper, harder, louder than anything we've seen before. What next? Where does it stop? The thing is, that's different. In 2005, we're trying to stop it happening. We couldn't legally stop it happening in the way we stopped murder. In 2010-2011, sorry, just seeing how good I need to go again. In 2010-2011, um, it was all people who were actually paying in the ground until, to some extent, it was undermined by that. Paying in, having a, having a scream and making a spectacle, ultimately not undermining it. We have to see now if this undermines it. This goes around the world, these pictures, and I don't know how many colours they'll get felt from being on the pitch, but those pictures are going absolutely around the world. At the very least, it causes major embarrassment. Whoever came up with that flag about Abbey Glazer going to Epstein Island is a genius because, again, those pictures are going around the world. What we have to do is carry on. They, In the face of all this before, I think this has gone further, but in the face of similar things or the same intentions, they've pushed back. They've just ignored it. They've brushed it off. We have to make sure this time they can't brush it off. We have to make sure that other fans respond to this as well and do their bit because what I'm being told is that we're being slagged off on Twitter for this. Well, that just shows you what, what needs to happen and the length of time we've got to go.
anybody who's been going to Manchester United more than 30 seconds will know the voice that's about to come on the podcast next. Thank you for talking to United We Stand. Uh, your initial reaction to what you've seen in the last two hours, I'd estimate the turnout something in the region of three to 4,000. Uh, what do you think? Result, success, somewhere in between? I don't think it's a massive result. The fact that there's so many people have come from so many different backgrounds, whether it's scarfers, loons, hooligans, you name it, everyone is united in a cause for United. And we've delayed the match, do you know what I mean? That's the result, that's the whole thing is that we're trying to affect is uh, the, the whole commercialisation, the whole commodification of football and we have affected that ourselves as people power, no violence, no nothing, we are united, what can I say? Uh, what I can say is you're somebody who, for those who know you, uh, you're not renowned for being slow in your professional life, let's put it that way, uh, you've got a lot on your plate in a normal working environment so therefore analyse and break down for us where this goes next because a load of lads hopping up and down with scarves and flares on a forecourt is one thing. What actually provokes direct action and consequence from what we've seen today? From this, it shows that people do care enough as much as though maybe the government and everybody else is saying no one cares enough and that everything's gone quiet. Certainly City have shut up about it, haven't they? Because they don't want to have a go about their owners. But actually, we know this is much deeper. This has been going on at United for 15-odd years. I think we've got to be going at the sponsors. We have got to be going at the telly. And we've always got to be going at the club at the Glazers and push that 50 plus one thing push anything that we can do whether it's legislative change or just change on the on the ground it has to happen and you can see that there is a groundswell for it people do care yeah this is our game this is our call What we want to hear is true football royalty, your good self. Uh, how's this afternoon gone? What's the impact been? This is very unfortunate, sorry. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, three pound mate, just like your change out. Uh, is that a hooky tenor, that? It's <laughs> not Mickey Thomas, is it? Come on. You look something like him. There you go, pal. Cheers. Thank you count, very much. count your fingers. Right, Murph, this afternoon, what do, what do, what do we make of this? <laughs> Uh, well, it's a fantastic. It's, it's been a fantastic turnout. I mean, the, the lads have turned out. So it's been a, it's been a good atmosphere in the air. There's obviously a lot of dissent, but the, there's been a good humour around us. But let's cut to the chase. Here. We sound like we're discussing Mary Berry's garden party. Uh, what's actually been the impact of this this afternoon? Because oh, the, oh, the impact. Three, right. three, three, four thousand people have turned up. But isn't this just a load of barmies with flags, scarves, and banners? Or does this run deeper? Is this going to have some actual greater effect when push comes to shove? Well. He said he talked about the effects, if I'm, if I'm correct, I think the game ain't kicking off on town, so that's one effect already. We're talking about United Liverpool and the biggest match in world football, so the intensity it's going to garner is huge. So that's already one successful aspect of it. So uh, I would say I, I would say that it's been a success in that, in that way. And what's the end cause of this, Murph? Because in a few weeks' time, it's the summer, game, game's over, United might or might not have beaten Liverpool, they might or might not have won the... Europa League, the UEFA Cup, whatever we call it nowadays. Yeah. But really, don't the Glazers just turn over in bed and say, keep spending, lads, thanks very much for the protest. Business as usual next season. What's going to change? Well, obviously, with past experience of 2004, 2005, etc., that pessimistic outlook would be justified. Uh, and possibly it, that might be the outcome again. It might fizzle out like it did in 2010. I don't know. I hope it doesn't. I hope it, it gains the momentum, but who knows? Uh, these parasites need to lead the cover the hell for the club, but 
I don't know what's going to happen in the end. I, I just, I, I, I just hope it starts a event where people say, like, fuck you lot, get out of here. Well, on every little alleyway and approach road approaching and leading away from Old Trafford, uh, Reds are now starting to find their way back to various nooks and crannies. Uh, one is a man who you'll see at plenty of games. Kieran, um, you've not just been following United all your life and hold a season ticket and have seen it plenty of their ways, but I know you've pretty much, as a labour of love, even moved country to be an EE team. Well, you, you have to move. You have to move closer to your first love, don't you? Ain't that the truth? Your lucky, lucky wife. Uh, listen, you've been down there this afternoon for several hours. Saw you there bobbing about. Uh, amongst other things, I know you've got some fairly strong opinions about the Glazers, and yet you've continued to put your money in for the last few years. That's a very difficult trade-off. You're both paying the, paying them to uh, service their debt. But of course, the trade-off being you're getting to see your beloved United. How does that rest with you? And for that reason, why are you protesting today? Well, first and foremost, you support the team. And you always get behind the team. And it's tough. If the if the Super League thing had gone ahead, the season ticket was gone. But we'll, we'll come back next season. We'll get in there. We'll sing. We'll come back next season. We'll get in there. We'll sing. I think that applies to many many of us will you not do so with a little bit of an elephant in the room that all this protesting all of this giddiness all of these flares and flags and scarves and banners and shouting and unrest and lads on the pitch and stuff that i've been thoroughly impressed by today people's devotion to the cause has been brilliant and yet doesn't solve the problem does it are, are you gonna are you gonna keep going if the glazers stay stay in charge yeah because you support the team but but we um I don't think it should stop it today. We've got, I don't know, two, three home games left. I think we should go down every day, sorry, every game and make our presence known. I don't think just today is enough. Well, that's a very fair answer, but surely just United isn't enough. Uh, fans are supp supposedly outraged fans of some fairly passive fan bases, clubs like Arsenal and Tottenham Hotspur. Surely they need to actually be mobilising now and show what they're all about. Is that not right? Well. That, that's correct, but I think if United can lead the way, I think today we definitely showed that United can lead the way. The game being, I don't know what the stages are going to be cancelled, hopefully, we'll see, but the pride today was the big thing for me. Final, final question, uh, what is the desired end result of all of this? What would you like to see? If you could gaze into your crystal ball and say, okay, in, in six months, 12 months, 18 months, two years time, What's the ownership model of Manchester United? Who's in charge? Who's calling the shots? Uh, what does it look like? Simply 50 plus one. Good man. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that. Private. Well, what's changed? The internet, that's what. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched or tweeted. Now imagine all of that data being crawled through collected and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. So to keep your data private when you go online, turn to ExpressVPN. Did you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data? 
The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or to get your consent. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, your connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and your IP address is masked. Every time you switch ExpressVPN on, you're given a random IP address, which is shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it more difficult for third parties to identify you and harvest your data. And the best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop or smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. I speak from experience, I've used other VPNs and ExpressVPN is by far the easiest one to use. It's just one tap. So if you're like me, you think that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com forward slash united and get three months extra for free. That's expressvpn.com forward slash united. Go to expressvpn.com forward slash united to learn more. Confessions of a jibber here. Thanks for talking to the United We Stand podcast, David Hudson, a man who, tell us why you're clutching your Manchester United Football Club PLC league match ticket book 91-92 standing junior Stratford Groundside uh, net price for an entire season, not for one game, listeners, £54. Bargain. What do you make of that? Well, I thought I'd, you know, bring it along just in case there's any checks on the uh, turnstiles. I've got a spare voucher, <laughs> number 22, signed by uh, Ken Merritt. Ken Merritt, the secretary. I've got a few vouchers that I didn't use that season. So, I mean, if there's any checks on the ticket and a few for the boys, you know, you've got to play by the rules. I mean, the directors could reserve to withdraw this ticket. Enough, enough, enough. Talk to us about today because um, you're somebody, actually, you're a very good take because we've had Reds who've been down there, Reds of many years' experience at the stadium today who've been lending their support to the cause. You actually are somebody who went throughout the 80s, throughout the 90s, and then basically, if I'm not mistaken, you just got fed up. The Glazers are not for you, are they? No, I don't think, to be honest, uh, the modern game's really been my cup of tea. I was... Went with my dad in the case stand, like you say, in the sort of the mid to late 80s, you know, your Robos, your Sparkies, your Norman Whitesides, your Paul McGrath, great times really. Like I say, it was two, three quid and you could go with your mates. We used to get the uh, 52 bus from Cheetah Mill. Two, three quid in, it was free to get in today. Well, free to get in if you know a steward who can open a few doors. I mean, I do know one candidate myself, I won't say his name, but he could have been helpful today, but... You know, it's all right, this protesting, but I don't see anything changing, to be honest. Well, well, that's an interesting point, because actually, where, where do we go from here? And we've been surveying a, a range of opinions on the, on the podcast today, saying, really, what's the end product here? Where's the end destination? Because you think nothing will change. Business as usual. Glazers will cling on. Well, and that's the problem. It's a business. They don't have to sell. Uh, in the end of the day, it's making them a lot of money, and that's what they're all about. I think the problem has is with it they've let it go too far they needed to do something probably 16 years yeah 15 years ago to stop i mean the german model's great if you're starting from scratch but you can't i don't think you can force companies to just hand over shares and that sort of thing that much is true all right okay let's let's say it's not a panacea in an ideal world working with what you can achieve what would you like to see happen next 
what would make you go back to Old Trafford and stump up your cash? Um, ticket prices. I mean, to be fair, I've had my crack at OT. I mean, I've been to hundreds of games, but, you know, definitely for the kids, you've got to maybe, say, have 10, 15 quid in so your local kids can start going back to the match again. And maybe don't play, pay the big wages and get some kids through the system, the Greenwoods, the Rashfords. I mean, back in the days, the Nevilles, the Beckhams, you know, that kind of old school approach, really. But, of course, to keep a... To, to keep a Greenwood, to keep a Rashford, you've got to pay top dollar. So that's going to be a problem. I don't mind them, I mean, paying a fair wage, but I think the transfer, signing in people for 80 million, 50 million, 30 million, there's, there's lads out there playing who probably could have done a job right. at United. Final question, because I know you've got to go. But listen, today's protest has not been about the playing staff and what they're paying them. It's been about the ownership model. Mm. What would you like to see happen next? Would you would you tolerate the Glazers staying in? Or are you absolutely, you will never go back while they're in charge? It's United, mate. So I'll probably end up at some stage going back, but it won't be, uh, won't be in the near future. Well, answer me this. Why would a grown man be wearing a scarf in the middle of summer? Well, not the middle of summer, but the 2nd of May. Uh, he's got a sticker on his... What is it? Is that a gilet? Uh, well, I'm a bit worried about any human being who wears a gilet, especially a Cold grown man. Warmer. Stay away from my child's primary school. <laughs> However, it does, it does have a very fashion-conscious You Think That Your Moustache Is Trendy sticker, and the scarf is a green and gold one representing the protest movement against the Glazer family. Benny, thanks for talking to the UWS podcast. You were down there today. Impressions? A lot of young people. A lot of kids. That's not a bad thing. Uh, young people and kids are the future of Manchester United. They're allowed an opinion the same as you and I are. Uh, if there were a lot of young people, are you then talking down the impact? Not impressed? No. Very impressed. It's great to see it, like. But why are they there? Do they know why they're there, though? What do they want to achieve? Well, all right. Same question to you. Why were you there? Because a bit like Kieran we spoke to earlier, you've not just moved closer to your team. You've moved countries so that you can be close to Manchester United. You care that much. So why were you? Why exactly, put it into your own words, why were you down there at the protest today? What does it mean to you? Things have to change. But what change to what aspect? Like, where is it going to go? Who takes over from the Glazers if we sell the Glazers? Where does it go? Well, we keep hearing about this 50 plus one model, for example. If that was possible, would you approve of that? I don't know anything about it. So I can't say I can't say I'm for it, like, but it's the Glazers gotta go. But it's where we go from there. That's the issue. Nobody seems to know. Well, that's a bit like saying I want a divorce, but I've got absolutely no idea what what's having next, and then and then complaining about being lonely in a week's time. Um, if you want the Glazers to go, somebody's got to be in charge. Do you want the fans to buy the club? Do you want a wealthy Manchester benefactor? Do you want an oil-rich sheikh? Uh, do you want a, a Russian oligarch? What's the story? There must be some end destination here. I honestly don't know. I can't say who I want to buy it. Like it's just, it just it's, things have to change. That's why people are there. But I can't say how it's going to change or where it's going to go. So you happily accept that you're agitating for change without a specific destination on the horizon. You just know that you're not happy with what's in front of you right now. That's where we're at, more or less. And if the Glazers stay in charge, let's say in the next, well, certainly when your season ticket renewal comes, if it hasn't already, will you be happy to 
hit click on that mouse and say deposit whatever it is eight nine hundred pounds a thousand pounds into their bank account into their coffers their pockets so that you can sit in the stadium at old trafford in the dilapidated decaying stadium and watch the reds next season yes or no i'll get a season ticket yeah 100 percent. support man united if you want to support the club you buy a season ticket you go to the games you support the team you, you do your thing like you know what i mean well, that, that's... you want to be there like as you say i've come from ireland and you come to watch United, you come to support United, and if somebody rings you up and says, you can have a season ticket, you can be at Old Trafford every Saturday, you're going to be there, no matter what. I respect your opinion, and your, your loyalty and your dedication and your devotion cannot be faulted, uh, but isn't it, isn't it stealing from Peter to pay Paul, or whatever the analogy is, that actually you're in a situation there where you're happy to go down and protest today and shake your head and, and wave your fists, metaphorically, but then actually in a couple of months' time you'll be back in the stadium buying their pies, drinking their bovril, eating their crisps and enriching the Glazer family. Wouldn't drink bovril, wouldn't eat a pie. <laughs> uh, but I've supported Man United all my life, right? So if I can get a season ticket for Old Trafford, I'm going to buy it. I'm not going to say no, no matter what. So, they've, so, so like all of us, if you want to keep going... Unless something changes, they've got you over a barrel. Are we all not going to go? You know what I mean? Is that what's going to happen? Are we all just going to stop going? Well, would you... Can we do Well, that? let me frame it another way. Would you have kept going if the European Super League had come in? Or would you have said, that's enough? Actually, everybody's got a limit and I've been pushed too far. That would have been enough, of course. It would have been enough for silly. Like It's just silly. It's beyond football. That but it's the, same, it's the same people in charge right now. I know. But at the end of the day, you're going to support the team. You want to go and watch them. It's either that or just don't go. Give up football. Well, that much, that much is true. And there were Reds, I remember vividly, after the European Cup final in Barcelona 99 on the Ramblers, saying to me, time serve Reds, old guys who were saying, I've done it, I've seen it all, I'm gone, I'm finished. And sure enough, at Everton away, first game of the next season, they weren't there. That must have been some wrench. Could you actually do it? No. <laughs> I have to watch football. I have to watch football. And that's why, let me put this to you then, this might sound callous and people will wince when I say this, but whatever their names are, Joel, Avi, Brian Glazer, when they listen to somebody like you saying, I can't do it, they've got you. They've got you by the bollocks. True. True. So isn't that protest futile today? I don't think so. Because... Were you just there for a day out? If you'll always keep going and you actually can't bring, you, bring yourself to tear yourself away from it. No, listen, I'm playing devil's advocate, but it's the truth. If you can't bring yourself to say no and hit stop, then actually they have got you exactly where they want you. You're a cow that will be continually milked because you love the team, but you hate the club. True. 100% eh? I don't know what, what other way to put it. Like, I mean, I want to watch them play football, but then... Things need to change internally, but we don't know what's going to happen. So what should we do? You know what I mean? What's, what's the bigger picture here? Where are we going to go? Benny, thank you. It's now Monday, 24 hours after the events outside Old Trafford. And just before we put this podcast out to you, I thought I'd welcome Jamie. Jamie was outside Old Trafford for the duration yesterday. He's a regular on United We Stand's podcast and obviously he's our Manscaped uh, correspondent. Jamie, 24 hours after, how do you feel about events on Sunday? Uh, I'm still buzzing about it, Andy. I thought, you know, we, we got the um, <laughs> we got the result we wanted. Um, maybe not the, not what everyone wanted. I, I, you know, I appreciate there's, there's a few people out there who were disappointed the game didn't go ahead and that you know, they thought some of the uh, some of the actions were over the top, but you know, any sort of disruption yesterday was 
was huge publicity for us in our fight against the Glazers. And ultimately, yeah, getting the game postponed was, um, for my money, and I'm not saying for everyone, but for, for my money, that was uh, the perfect result. Tell us about your day. What time did you get to Old Trafford? Did you go straight there? Did you go in a pub near the ground? Um, no, we, a few of us met up um, outside the toll gate. It was absolutely lagging down. Um, so we, we stood under a tree and had a, had a beer and, and, you know, said hi because we'd not seen each other for, loads of us hadn't seen each other for months and, and year, you know, over a year. Um, so, yeah, we caught up. We got our banners together and what have you and then we headed down to the ground probably got into the ground about half one after we'd bumped into various people on the way um and yeah you know then it was it was quite a, a kind of a good-natured protest on the forecourt for a little while there was a football being booted around um you know people were hugging and, and, and again meeting up with old friends that they'd not seen for a long time um and then probably about, I don't know, I, I lost track of time a little bit yesterday, but probably about two-ish, there was a, a kind of general movement down towards the Munich Tunnel. Um, so the, the, the initial barriers that were put up were pretty quickly moved aside. Um, and then everyone just congregated outside those gates at the bottom of the Munich Tunnel. And, and you know, by then there was a good few thousand knocking around. I'm, I'm rubbish at figures and, and knowing exactly how many people are in a crowd. You're much better at that than me. Um, but I don't know. I, I would say somewhere between five and 10,000 at the at the kind of height of it yesterday. Um, eventually some lads at the front started managing to climb over that, that, that gate at the Munich Tunnel. And I see that the club has now said, haven't they, that they were the ones who got into the ground and opened the exit tunnel at the at what we would term the away end exit tunnel. Um, the gate there. Once that was open, yeah, you know, quite a few people piled in. So the club have just issued um, issued a statement following events yesterday. While many fans wanted to exercise their right to protest and express their opinion peacefully, some were intent on disrupting the team's preparation and the game itself, as evidenced by activity at the Lowry Hotel and the stadium. Reports in the mainstream and social media that protesters were able to access the stadium and pitch via a gate opened by club staff are completely incorrect. After breaking through the barriers and security on the forecourt, some protesters climbed the gate at the end of the Munich Tunnel, then forced access to a side door in the stand, before opening an external door that let others through to the concourse area and onto the pitch. A second breach occurred when a protester smashed the door of a disability access lift, enabling the group to enter the stand. The majority of our fans, of our fans have and will condemn criminal damage, along with any violence towards club staff, police or other fans, and these have now become a police matter. The club has no desire to see peaceful protesters punished, but will work with police to identify those involved in criminal activity and will also issue its own sanctions to any season ticket holder or member identified per the published sanctions policy. Information on the rescheduled game and any possible implication on other fixtures will be announced after discussion and agreement with the Premier League. We remain committed to dialogue and engagement with our fans through the Fans Forum and other appropriate channels. In addition to that, 
I understand the bit about the, the, their own sanctions. Um, I think that applies to people in, engaging in violence or criminal damage, not necessarily those who just got into the ground and went onto the pitch. Okay, I'll not make any comment on that. Was that your overhead? <laughs> was that your overhead kick? No, <laughs> I did see it happening. I thought, oh no, well, fair enough. That's one way to protest. Um, it was a belly yeah, overhead kick. You it was say. a great kick. Yeah, fair play to him. I know, you know. Um, I think he's he, quite a few people know who the lad was. It was uh, yeah, very well done to him. He plays for Stoke. He's not. Hey, plays for Stoke City. He's a, he's a <laughs> footballer. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Um, I mean, what what went on in the ground was fair, you know. From what I saw, it was it was pretty good natured. Most people were just dead excited to be on the pitch. I've actually never been on the Old Trafford pitch. I, it only struck me as I was kind of on there. But um, listen, I yeah, I mean, it, it, as long as the club do does take a kind of yeah, you know, no one condones a police officer getting his face smashed in with a bottle. That's not right. It's not what. You know what the protest is about in any way. Um, I, for my money, um, you know, as long as you know, if it's identifying people who were, you know, doing absolutely the wrong thing, then that's at the club's. You know, that's what the club wants to do. That's what the club wants to do. But how about they start, you know, getting to the root of the cause of all this, you know, and start really engaging with the fans because at the moment that's just hot air. What was the funniest banner you saw yesterday, or placard? <laughs> and annoyingly, it has to be Rick's the uh, uh, free cardboard protest sign for every for every fifty quid you spend in the mega store. Signed Joel Glazer. Um, you know, he he can be very funny when he wants to. That lad, and that that one did did tickle me. Um, I get, to be honest, there were, there were some. I mean, the uh, which Glazer was it? So and so Glazer went went to Epstein Island was uh, was a decent effort, uh, and there were a couple which were far more direct, which I probably won't mention on the uh, on the podcast, but they did raise a smile. Um, ah, you know, Andy, it was just good to see so many old faces. There was, there was faces there I haven't seen for years. You know, um, so there was a, quite there a lot was a of lads from aspect. FC. Yeah, there's a social aspect. There was in a, in a way, yeah. yeah, in a way. But, you know, as some people put it, you know, there's, there has been a bit of a... There's been a bit of a lethargy about United support for a little while now, and it was brilliant to, to mobilise it again. Um, and there was a lot of young faces there yesterday, you know, a lot of young lads, and, you know, good luck to them. Let's get them involved again. You know, get them involved and and really try and get some uh, momentum behind this. That's the that's the key. We've got a little opening of a door, and we need to just kick it open. To, to excuse the pun. And it made global headlines. It is the, it's on the front page of Monday's New York Times. It's in the Washington Post. Um, my phone has just been ringing till I had to turn it off and just yeah, say, "Look, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I, I, I can't do this," and it, it's huge channels people like cnn and all from around the world and i just saying look i've got i've got a right i've got i've got to do my job i've got to spend time with my family and i know a lot of fans who were there who said they didn't actually sleep on sunday night 
they were just so pumped mm. up with adrenaline. Yeah, no, I was the same. I couldn't just just couldn't sleep at all. Um, you know, I said to Liz a few times, "Come on, I'm I'm wide awake here. Jump on!" But she wasn't having any of it. So our next guest now is is Joel Glazer. <laughs> Joel Joel's <laughs> going to talk through his thoughts because obviously he's, he's kept them to himself <laughs> so so far. <laughs> nobody knows what they're thinking nobody knows whether they want to sell whether they want to release equity in the club we just don't know they've seen out storms of protest before we just don't know but I think some good has got to come from this it has to, I I spoke to someone I'm not name dropping from the BBC before and he was saying what what do you think the Glazers think and I said "I, I would have no idea because they've never engaged with us so it's not like they've ever we've ever known something to rattle them or you know what's something that's really got up their nose or anything noses um so it's really hard to say all i can say is i know that they will be absolutely distraught that this european super league isn't going ahead because that is one of their end games so if they're even if that even slightly changes their view of where they're taking manchester united in the future and on top of that, they're getting the negative publicity involved in us postponing the biggest club game in Britain. Then, you know, we've just got to keep pushing because the time is now. You talk about the biggest club game, the opponents for obviously Liverpool. Some of the best commentary I've seen on this has come from, there's a bit on the Anfield rat, which was excellent. Jamie Carragher, yeah. I spoke to Jamie a couple of times in the last 24 hours. He spoke fantastically. As a football fan, and he's a proper football fan, Carragher, and I know he's not everyone's cup of tea at Manchester United, but he was going to match his home and away. He knows what it's like to be a proper football fan. And a lot of the former players who are asked for the comments, they, they just don't know. It'd be like you or I telling them how to play football to the highest standard. Yeah, we just don't know. Exactly. Um, it seems the absolute natural thing to do to talk about Manscaped now, but I would remind people that this podcast is free because of the support of our sponsors. I'm not sure how I'm going to go about this, mate. I'm just shaking my own head here. If, if you shave down below since, since we last spoke two weeks ago, because there was no way I was going to ask Jim O'Neill if no, he shaved you in his private Jim. area. No, you couldn't. Um, no, I haven't. I'll be honest. It, it, it doesn't need it. Um, I've got to say that probably the the best and most surreal moment for me yesterday came as I was walking through the centre circle at Old Trafford, just imagining, you know, minding my own business, really, imagining kicking off or, you know, um, playing a pass out to the wing. And, and some lad, who I think I vaguely recognised, but I wasn't, I wouldn't know his name, literally walks past me and go, he goes, how are your balls, mate? <laughs> In the centre circle at Old Trafford. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> Tell him. Yeah, they're great. They're great, mate. You, should we sit down and have a chat about it? And then he just walked that? off. Yeah, he just walked off. Yeah, yeah. And like I say, if he if he's listening to this, please get in touch because uh, you know I can I can give you a much more detailed uh, description when I'm not wondering when I'm going to get nicked or something like that. But anyway, no, it was just absolutely surreal. It was uh, a funny moment, right. but. Um, so, no, more power to Manscaped. Right, they are the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming and are forever 
change the grooming game with their amazing products, as you know, and I don't. Um, they're, here, they're here to help with your above the waist holes too. Have you heard of the Weed Whacker? This nose and ear hair trimmer provides. Oh right. Yeah, they've got something that does your um, your nose and your ears. I'm gonna have to get just, you one, aren't yeah, we? Just pull mine out with the tweezers. Yeah, but this is called a premium Manscaped Weed Whacker, and it uses a 9,000 RPM motor, powered Jesus. with 360 degree rotary dual blade system. It's making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering the maximum confidence, while while also providing hygiene. What in your nose? <laughs> You're not going to shove that up your nose. 9,000 RPM. You don't get that out of my car. <laughs> Christ. Buy me one. I'll give it a go, Andy. I mean, Christ, you, you know, I'll give anything, give anything a go once. I'll but go. Wow. And the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chaffing ball deodorant and moisturiser. Yeah, I've used that. I've that used that's that. spot on, yeah. actually. And the boxer yeah, shorts are nice brilliant smell. as well. Yeah. And, and their point oh, the crop is, preserver's nice. it's starting to get hot outside, so this is crucial so your balls stop sticking to your legs. <laughs> <laughs> In Erston, where I'm from, that's called Gavan. It's just a made-up word. <laughs> <laughs> Completely made-up word. And people would say, I've got a bit, got a bit of Gavan. You're like, you what? <laughs> the fuck's Gavan? <laughs> what did he say? He's not able to come tonight. Why not? Oh, he's got Gavan. <laughs> uh, you'll also Brilliant. find the Crop Reviver. I've used that as well. Spray-on toner for your balls, which will keep you smelling fresh down there, just like spring flowers. Anyway, uh, rather than us talk like this, I think you've just got to... If you are interested, you, you'll know if you are. Yeah. Just go to manscaped.com and use the code UNITED and you get 20% off and there's free shipping. It's, it's decent gear, right? If you're into it, and uh, I'm just talking myself into a corner here because I'm not familiar with this world, I think you'd agree, Jamie, it's decent gear. Yeah, definitely decent gear, if you were of that bent. So thank you for your time. Uh, I know your phone's going to keep ringing. I'm going yeah, to go and have a PCR test so that I can board a flight to Rome. And I'm going to uh -huh. go there for the game on Thursday to Olympico. Uh, I'm not as nervous as going there in the past because it's been quite dangerous with United <laughs> fans. Watch me go and get filled in now. Just be yeah, no, person I would just, just, <laughs> just get levered on that bridge. Just some Italian, random Italian passerby. Or, or um, you know, I'd be a smart ass and go to the bridge where United hooligans attacked Roma's ultras in 2007 and just get weighed in. Yeah. But that was well, a, enjoy. All right. Well, I mean, that was a, a great result, that 6-2. We'll talk a little bit about yeah, football it was. for a minute. The second half performance was fantastic. The indications we're hearing is that Cavani has now changed his mind and wants to stay. And I've been speaking to lots of people in Uruguay who know him very, very well. So I'm, I'm delighted about that. I think he's a top player. I've said it throughout. He's just now coming into form. Now he's fit. So that bodes well. I don't think we're going to see the strongest United team in Rome. We don't need to. Got to be careful, though. Rome have had some very, very good wins in Europe in recent seasons. Against Barcelona, against Liverpool. But if United aren't going through after leading 6-2, then that is a, that's a bigger problem than Sunday. Yeah, they need to... Um... Uh, to my mind, it's the kind of game you, you know people will moan, but I, I think you play your strongest 
you know you play your strongest team you get an away goal and and kind of kill it by half time and then take your take your big guns off and rest them after that but um I, I don't, you know, people will say play the youngsters, but you don't want to risk anything, no, do you? No, 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 this no. is the only trophy we're going to win. So, yeah. you know, pl play your play your strongest eleven. Get them out on the pitch. Maybe not lads who are on bookings, but um, you know, get out there, get the tie won by half time, and then you can then you can mess around a bit and rest people. But you know, we're not going to finish outside the top four in the league. That's not an issue now, is it? So, you know, the the key thing is. Just make sure that tie gets won and then uh, enjoy the final, whoever it's against. I've booked a flight to Gdansk already, so we'll do a podcast from there. I also spoke Brilliant. to players who played in Rome in, during those matches in 07, 08. And some of the more interesting ones were the lesser names, lads who were on the bench or on the pitch for the dead rubber. And just hearing their innocent observations, people like Fabian Brandy, Sam Hewson, Chris Eagles, Danny Simpson, like... The tunnel was so big. I've never seen a tunnel that big. Or I just, I just watched Totty walk round. I forgot where I was supposed to be marking and playing. I was just watching Totty, and then all of them said they went up to Totty at the end of the game to ask for his shirt, but he'd already promised it. Rooney, so they're all gutted. And then Fabian Brandy, it was at the airport in Rome. He'd never been near the first team before, and he hears Brandy, and he turns round. He goes, "Yo!" And Fabian's a lad from um, from Longside. He's a great lad. And he, yo, didn't realise it was Alex Ferguson. And the whole team <laughs> just looked at him. And he went, oh, shit, shit. And thankfully for him, Ferguson saw, saw the funny side. Uh, I've also watched a new Fergie film, so we'll do a review of that. And we've got the new United. We stand, it's out, it's out on Tuesday. We've put a massive effort into Rotterdam. Honestly, we're getting some really nice feedback from people who've seen it already. So if you want to order it, get your order in now. You can download it, the digital version. Go to uwsonline.com, subscriptions. You can download it anywhere in the world. It's an exact edition of the printed edition. And we will do a mail out this Wednesday. So if you want to order or subscribe, we'll send you your mag out this Wednesday from Manchester. And if you just want to order the single issue, we prefer if you subscribe, to be honest, for 10, 10 issues, because sending out single issues is a pain. But uh, PayPal, £3.99 to uwsmag at yahoo.co.uk with your name and address. That's five forty nine for Republic of Ireland and Europe and five ninety nine for the rest of the world. That is it for this podcast, Jamie. I'll leave you to it and I'll thank you for your time. Take care, Andy. <laughs>